What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of this TT Podcast. It's episode number 35. Today, I'm joined by Prince. Hey there. And Ace. Hello. How you guys doing? Good. Good, thanks. Yeah. You having great weather? We're having awesome weather right now. It's like 80 degrees out. It was a nice weekend. Um, oh, yeah. Today was okay, I guess. Oh. Weekend was lovely. Not a cloud in the sky. Just bright mm. blue. Nice temperature. We had a, a fair or carnival. Or I'm not quite sure how you, what you called them. In the a, a fair works. Fair works, yeah. We like our fairs over here. Um, yeah. County fairs. and what, You're talking about with like the, the pigs and the kissing booth, right? Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the 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 Dodgem cars um, and yeah, yeah, little yeah. teacup rides. Not that I went on that one. Uh, yeah, uh, the, word, yeah. the word still works, but I, I figured I'd go for the. Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine, you know, what you guys would think of what we if we said fair. You know, yeah. so. Well, now that you've put the idea in our head, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, but, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, it was good fun. Enjoyed enjoyed driving the Dodgems. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I, I have to ask, Dodgems is is that like bumper Bump, cars? Bumper cars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. Cool. I'm anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got some stuff to talk about today. Um, probably most of it or all of it is going to come from the news. Um, there's not like a lot of news, but all of the news is kind of juicy news. Uh, so we're going to jump straight into it with the um, Atlas is now blocking footage from Persona 5 on the PS4 natively. So you can't, you can't use the uh, various sharing functions to share anything. And if you work around that, um, they have like actually threatened people for streaming uh, or recording anything past um, July 7th. Mm. Um, in game time, which is about three months into what is almost a year's worth of game time. Um, so what do we think of this? Uh, it's annoying when it's been when it's happened in other games where you just get that this part of gameplay is blocked kind of thing. Can you think of any examples? Batman. I mean, Arkham. But it, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's usually yeah. in story, you know? In so, Batman, it happened with the reveal of the titular Arkham Knight. Right, yeah. When when well, you I figured it, out who it, it was, no, I thought it happened on any kind of like cutscene. It kind Maybe. of killed it, and then when it went back to gameplay, then it's like kind of continued to streaming again. I mm. think the most common place that I see it is like at the very end of a game. Sometimes they'll like block out just like the very last bit, yeah. you know, so In, it doesn't get spoiled. Uh, Final Fantasy fifteen, they block off uh, the end cutscenes. Mm. Yeah, um, but this is this is not that. Um, I think after like the first five or ten minutes, I think like the actual sort of um, it's probably like half an hour to an hour. Okay, I can't yeah, remember. but fairly fairly early on, you know, and this is a yeah. long kind of game. It uh, just kind of cuts you off. So, mm. so yeah, the, the, you just can't get anything at all. Yeah, yeah anything to ask. So that's just annoying. I mean, I, you, you, obviously the the points for it are. Yeah, not wanting to spoil it for other people. Hmm. If you actually believe that from them, but that <laughs> it, there is a semi-valid point there. And then what I think they're actually more concerned about is people just like watching it on YouTube and stuff and not buying it, so they think they're losing revenue, which is probably more likely what they're worried about. Right. Um, <laughs> then well, uh, a valid concern. Yeah, it's and I I certainly understand that, but like even the the spoiling thing, I don't really think works. It's like. 
if you're if you're streaming it or whatever, it's not like you generally come across streams just randomly. Exactly. You know? Yeah, you know what you're looking for, isn't it? Right. So, but to, there's to... there's also the idea that you can, um, I, I guess, not that you can. So for other games, you can find a spoiler by looking. Um, right. but with Persona, you can find a spoiler by seeing. Um, I'm gonna try and explain that, and like I've got it in my head, and I'm trying to explain. Um, the thing is with Persona, almost everything is a, a light spoiler because the way that Persona works is you progress through the year without any idea what's coming ahead. So, for right. example, if you cause compare it to Final Fantasy 15, um, I probably should have chosen a different example, but. It's too late now. It's your favorite. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's why I should have chosen a different example. But um, if you compare to that, say you start out in this big continent, right, and yeah. you you explore. If someone told you what happens after that continent, even if it's yeah. not like what happens to a character or anything like story specific, it's still a bit of a spoiler because you know what's coming up. Where Persona, the whole thing is not knowing what's ahead. Um, yeah. So anything that you find out in the future, it's like like a time travel movie. If you find out your own future, then it messes up the timeline. So mm. it makes you change but what choices you'll make. If it's yeah. that bad, then why why aren't they going after every review website anywhere where there's a screenshot? <laughs> you know, yeah, you can well, get really of, silly. The thing is they've you? given a lot of screenshots and um, videos from later in the game, but some people will avoid those, obviously. Yeah. Um, I sort of half avoided them, and some of the things I'm seeing the scenes, and I'm like, "Wow, I saw that scene," but that's a lot later in the game than I expected. Mm, yeah. But it doesn't but wholly spoil you the know, experience. Don't you, you know what games are oh, really into that. I don't need to see a review. I don't need to see anything about it. I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the feeling is it's good. I'm going to go get it. Enjoy Final Fantasy. You know, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, other games, I'm oh, not too sure. I need, I need to, you know, get a bit of info for it first, sample a bit, you know, and then, and then get hooked in it or, or whatever. You know, people are sensible nowadays. And, and this technology of sharing, you know, it's, it's been a social media world for years now. That's what mm-hmm. people love to do, love to share and, right. and, and join a community. It's 2017. You know, these guys are trying to drag us back years, you know. I thought we'd, we'd gotten over yeah. this, you know. I mean, if they're that bad, why didn't they just release it just on the Switch and have done with it and join Nintendo in there? <laughs> no, that, right. that wouldn't change anything because you could still get hardware to um, screen capture the Switch. But no, but I mean, at least the platform to... they're on shares the same feeling about sharing as opposed to... Uh, not really. Switch has uh, image capture options, at least. Mm. Um, the thing well, is that and... with this... Yeah, does... that's kind of, yeah, but I mean, in comparison to what you can do on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and it's... It, it's again sort of mm, we're slowly dragging Nintendo <laughs> yeah. into the 21st century, you know, kicking and screaming. Yeah. That's that, that's what I'm saying. I think that that platform and that that ideology that's maybe a little bit older kind of sits with them a bit better. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, the, the, that's what it's people want to really do. They want to share. Thing. They want to enjoy it. If if you don't want to avoid spoilers, then don't click the video. or Don't watch that. You know, it's not <laughs> hard not, to avoid. That's not the idea. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. It's something a bit different in that it's going even further back and saying, like, even in the PS3 days, you have uh, open sharing of videos. But the here, what's here is they're going even further back and they're saying, well, in fact, they're not going back. They're just trying to create a different policy. They're trying to create a different environment where you don't see the game without playing it. You play the game. And you mentioned sampling, and 
in regards to sampling, the opening section of the game is, I think, pretty addictive. Brandon can speak uh, mm-hmm. whether he agrees or not on that because he's seen it. But um, yeah, I feel like that's addictive. And if you just wanted to see how it plays, you could uh, go with that. And then after that, go and see reviews or whatever to find out whether you want to buy it or not. You say yeah, there I mean, were open videos in the days of PlayStation 3, but there weren't. There were so many copyright takedowns and, and all the rest of it. It was generally open, open. It was open warfare, wasn't it, over it? You know, YouTube was useless back then because there was nothing worth watching because everything got anything slightly good got taken down. You just home movies. It was home movie tube, basically. Not that far back. <laughs> 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 like 2000 and it's not that long ago. No. Yeah, it's what it feels like, you know, and then no, yeah, I mean, had a renaissance with, with some for the stuff. majority of the ps3's life everyone with a capture card would be able to openly share and there wouldn't be any rules to say you can't unless it was a youtube and copyright that yeah well there was plenty of that going around wasn't there no, because yeah. most of the gaming videos of that time had very easy um fair use uh get out of jail free cards mm-hmm. um and only the very uh extreme publishers would stop you like Nintendo got in a lot of trouble for their treating of videos and that they would strike everything. Um, and they I'm sure, I'm sure other big names did, you know, the other ones on the slightly aggravating list, shall we say? Not particularly. Yeah. Not particularly. Yeah, it, it's, it's it interesting. Rapping, but it, yeah. it, it's interesting because it's like, I, I feel like Ace is kind of right. It's kind of dragging things backwards a little bit. Not, not actually. It, it's just. It's very backwards kind of thinking. It's like mm. they released a game into 2017 and just didn't realize it was 2017. Like their reaction, no, they do, but they want things different for their game, right? But but, but I guess that's what I'm saying yeah. is like they want it different, which is they want it the way it used to be. You know, and yeah. in in this regard, I, I do think it's kind of a little bit tone deaf. For exactly, them to be, yeah. especially especially in this particular instance, where they um, almost openly like yeah threatened people. Yeah, with- that, that, yeah. My next point is sort of saying I, I'm just kind of sliding into this area of, of of gamers' opinion on this. I'm not necessarily thinking this way, but just because I'm sort of contracting to to Prince. But you're gonna get the people or the gamers that are gonna say, "Hang on a minute." I've paid money for this PlayStation 4 with its features. I've paid money for your game, like I have done other games, yet you're blocking the features that I have paid and use on other games. You didn't buy a PS4 one. for the sharing, because if you did, I, you'd buy a capture card. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's part I, I of it. Like it's part of the feature set. You know, know There's people that are going to think that, isn't there? And then they're going to go... I no. disagree. Some may even go. Oh, I'm going to counter sue and all that. Cool, no, because you couldn't. Because it's per- it's perfectly within the creator's rights to block the that. And like, I don't see where everyone gets the impression that it's within their rights to share whatever they like of a game. I understand that one wants to, one wants to have the freedom. But um, if a creator says that, um, you know, I've I've made the new Star Wars movie and I don't want you to copy all of it onto the internet is that not within their right? Well yes but games are different in that a person is playing it Um, and I I think in a lot of instances where you know this um, fair use comes down is that the what is happening is 
using obviously the assets and code of the creator, but it also does have the input of the person playing it. Right. So it it is kind of in some ways closer to a board game maker saying, "Hey, you can't stream yourself playing that game." Mm-hmm. Which to me sounds absolutely ludicrous. If I, you know, like um if it, the uh, kind of funny guys did a marathon of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And and they, you know, they didn't get sued. They sat there and played friggin' Monopoly, you know. And, and, I, I know, I know what you're saying, but here comes my counter argument. Um, the fair use clause is usually invoked with the transformative clause, and transformative meaning that you you say that you can play, you can upload your video game commentary because it's its own work. Because when you listen to PewDiePie uh, like giving his reactions on the game, that's what you're there for. Um, and that's the own work. But if Persona is a linear game, and the story of the game is by and large predetermined, then it's more akin to like Monopoly is not a linear game. It's more akin to reading a book. If you read a book out loud, it's transformative because you're giving your voice acting, right? But it's yeah. not truly. It's it's a mask because the true content of that is the book. Now, I mean, I, I haven't played a whole lot of Persona, but if I'm not mistaken, how you spend your time is actually really significant, isn't it? It's a choice, yes, but nonetheless, all of the choices are predetermined. So are all of the choices in Monopoly to an extent. Like I said, there's only so much. I you mean, can you do. you <laughs> can't just like walk off of the board. No, but, <laughs> you know, I know that Monopoly, but Monopoly is a set of random occurrences, whereas the the choices of options is more akin to. Um, a choose your own story novel because that like that's what i mean by predetermined like you choose on day a you choose to go with uh like day one you choose to go with one of three friends but whichever friend you go with those are all predetermined outcomes and those are all linear stories sure yeah and and i certainly understand and i'm not a fan of just like uploading that i i mean but streaming is a different thing usually Uh, some people do i mean probably a large amount of them do but they never gain any traction just stream the game and upload it you know what i mean um whereas you know any successful streamer is usually providing commentary or whatever you're you're there for the personality yes you know um so in, in a way the the system has already kind of done that work like people are gravitating towards the personalities the the need for uh suits for people that are not really making fair use mm-hmm. it is almost not necessary because those people are disappearing mm-hmm. you know um so but at the same time the limit on the game um you said is july something july um, 7th yeah and i am um 72 hours in and mm-hmm. i'm on july like 29th so Hmm. to say that it's you're limited to the first 60 hours it's not really any hardship is it no (laughs) i mean i wouldn't think so but and and i think this is probably what a lot of people have been upset about was how atlas kind of approached it it was not a hey please don't spoil anything or any such thing it was hey if you do so then we might come after you, <laughs> you know, which yeah. is, I, which is a bit of taste, isn't it? 
Right. And, and that's not to say whether or not they have the right to do that or not. It's just kind of like from a PR stance, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. You know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> I feel like both of those arguments are hot there in that you're saying, I don't like it, but that doesn't say anything about whether it's right or wrong. And you're like, oh, well, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I don't like it. So there. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that, I mean, realistically, they had several ways they could have gone about this and the end the end catch all is you know suing people or issuing takedowns and that was always that have i think yeah. they've just said that we really don't want you to and therefore we could we're reserving our rights to um i feel like if i'm not mistaken they actually said you do so at your own risk in yeah like, because caps. they reserve their rights to right but they always had the right to do so you know, so mm, with with legal statements, it tends to be that if you waive your right to it, then that will bite you later. So you have to reserve your rights. Well, no, but I mean, there is a difference between saying, hey, please don't do that. And hey, don't do that or we'll sue you. You know, yeah. you don't necessarily in a public facing statement need to threaten to sue people over something. You know, you could just have asked them to not do that. Yeah. You know, it's it's. It is actively agitating your customer base. It's like, it's, it's kind of like, you know, me telling one of my customers, you know, don't punch me in the face. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I don't need to tell them, you know. Yeah, but if you please. thought they were likely to punch you in the face, wouldn't you say, if you punch me in the face, I'll call the police? If they punched me in the face, I would call oh, the police. Oh, you're just going to go, please don't punch me. <laughs> please, please don't punch me doesn't mean I'm not going to call the police if you punch me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of what I'm getting at is that yeah, regardless, but... I'm going to call the police and I'm still going to yeah, have so... a valid argument, you know? <laughs> I don't see why it's wrong to say I think, Fitz, what you're saying is, the police. I think, I think what you're saying is it, it, that's obviously going to happen. Saying it is kind of almost kind of... It's well, telling my customer that I, yeah, you know, yeah, it's telling my customer that I don't trust them and that yeah. I think that they're a bad person to begin with, unless I enforce a rule upon them, you know. Mm. So it's it's more of a like they just kind of went around, went about it rather poorly. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't agree, but I feel like I have to at this point let it go. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, Listeners, like, I, think, I just want to say it's. Opinion. I I think it's a shame. I think you know you can see where things have kind of gone over the last few years, and this definitely feels like they're trying to put a step back. I mean, the spoiler thing you could say is maybe kind of um, trying to do it for good reasons. Although I think we all probably know it's more likely they they're concerned about it impacting sales. That may be true, likely. yeah. Um, but I I, I just think it's a shame. Like I I think it's a shame because I I thought you know it's quite nice when things are just not you know not not free to the extent where everyone can copy games and do whatever and obviously to take yeah. the mick but just to have a nice atmosphere you can share and enjoy things not worry about you know company getting getting on your case about oh how dare you share that and all the rest of it you know I thought I thought we were past that and we were getting to better days but well, um, yeah, that, that, that's my feeling on that. I think. You can't you can't say that we're in a an age of civil liberty where you can share as you please. It's only the fact that you can share gameplay content under a very liberal um, status where companies are too afraid to 
come at you under copyright laws, which they would have a basis for because it would probably go on Twitter and they'd be made the bad guy. Mm. Yeah, that and that would almost certainly happen. But as was is, the case with Nintendo, that is that is kind of the nature of things. I mean, realistically, if if we take it back to my example of punching somebody in the face, like I've I've seen customer I've seen customers spit in people's faces for being gay, and it's like you could actually you know arrest that person. That is assault, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it's like. I mean, in in less severe terms, I mean, you wouldn't, you kind of just take it on the chin and deal with it because it's not worth that headache. Well, that's how publishers have generally been dealing. Huh? That's what publishers have generally been going through in that they can't Um, claim their content because if they did, they would be made the bad guy. Yeah. And, and uh, that's, that's a kind of the reality of things, but at the same time, it's like, how much have they benefited from it too, you know? I was so. going to say, the, the example's a little bit skewed because generally you're on the same footing with that other person, whereas you know, publishers and developers have got legal departments and budgets that ordinary gamer or kids don't have. So they can be quite well coerced or bullied, can't they? And whether it even that, goes all the way to court. That's absolutely or... true. But I'm not sure I agree with the sentiment in the fact that... Um, like you haven't come to the table as equals either because you haven't made the game. So sure. No, I mean, well, I mean, legal equals. Yeah, certainly. If the publisher came at you, um, you'd cry. But um, and no one should be put through that. But at the same time, the publisher has the right to come at you. Like if you went at the person who spat at you. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I think we should move on from move this on. into into another. <laughs> That was not usually the uh, topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's all it. It's always good to have a conversation. Um, so on to another conversation. BioWare has apologized for handling a trans character poorly in Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh-oh. What uh, clang have they dropped now? <laughs> yeah, so, okay. First of all, uh, we are well aware of the fact that we are probably not the best people to be talking about this. We're going to take a stab at it anyways, and we apologize in advance if we piss anybody off. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, very, we're very caring and sensitive and understanding to people of all time. No, let's, let's not be patronized. I think the reason we want to talk about it is because we feel it's important, and yeah. if, we, if we sweep this under the rug, it doesn't help the problem. I feel like right. Right. even though we are not part of these communities we have um we have acknowledged the the issues here and mm-hmm. even though we can't speak from experience um we we feel that it's a problem and uh we want to have a discussion about what that means yes. yeah so with that in mind if we do say something horribly insensitive let us know we didn't intend to do that we were just ignorant so, sorry. Um, so, basically, um, what it comes down to is there is a character in Mass Effect Andromeda. It's not a major character, uh, as far as I could tell. I've actually um, met this character in the game. Um, and it's well, not like a... When you met this character, did you, ex- did you come across this dialogue? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I, I actually came across this organically. Like, I had no idea this was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, just to to paint how this um, interaction goes, 
they after you you know you set up a, a settlement on a planet and they are just one of the the people in this settlement they're not like a, a huge major character they are a quest giver um and if you go and talk to them the you know one of the common questions that you can ask just about everybody in the game is so why did you come to andromeda and the character kind of is like so life was just kind of unfulfilling back home and i was working in a lab and everybody knew me as stefan and i was a reliable person and i did my job but it was all kind of boring and um the <laughs> the character's name is uh hanley so they don't really out and out say that this character is trans like you you don't know that this person is a transgender character except that the names don't really match and so you're like wait did i hear that correctly um and so and and then your your conversation just kind of carries on and this is like you know when you first meet the character you can have this conversation um and what uh bioware is apologizing for is for not properly um treating the building of a relationship between these two people to that point because um some people feel that it's unrealistic for a character to just kind of reveal that kind of information. It's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the characters had not built up any trust at that point, and it just kind of is thrown out there like it's no big deal. Um, so, without further ado, okay, what do you think of that? Okay, so it, it's a quest-giving character. How many quests? I I don't know offhand. Um I've got I've gotten five, ten, one, twenty one hundreds. <laughs> I, I, I've gotten one that I have yet to finish, um because right. it has you driving across the planet, if I remember, to uh like put these giant gravity spikes in the planet. Um oh, okay, nice. so so I, I mean I think you do a series of, of quests for this person, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's probably more than five if I had to take a stab. Yeah. Um, Okay, so it's it's kind of short interaction, not not for very long, isn't it? So, I mean, how how long can you kind of build a trust, really? I mean, um, oh, I, I should think... um, I should just point out real quick that um, by in in their apology, Bioware was like, we're sorry it came off that way, and what they are they're planning on restructuring the dialogue, and and I don't know, they kind of sounded like they might put new dialogue in so that there's an opportunity for that trust to build before that's revealed. Um, right. So they, they are, you know, they've heard what people have said and they're trying to react appropriately because th it was not their intention to offend anybody. Mm. They probably well, that's, also that's don't have experience. Uh, so they're trying to make a character um, to make the game more diverse without having um, too much uh, information uh, to work from. Yeah, or, exactly. or realistically. So they're learning. I mean, Right, or or perhaps they even do have uh, transgender people that work there, but you know, I mean, not everybody necessarily has a terrible experience. Mm. Um, it's usually a very trying thing, but maybe that particular, you know, if they've got like one or two people in the office, mm. then potentially they may not have had a terrible experience. They might have had a fantastic family that was like, you know, <laughs> all about it or whatever. Mm. You know, so that could be yeah. the case. Yeah, so I mean, we we don't really know how that fell through, or you know. To me, it seems like they maybe even didn't intend for it to be a big deal. I was going to say, it, I mean, may, maybe it was a bit of a missed shot because it, this is sort of set 
in in the future, isn't it? And you know, along the lines of like Star Trek and other sci-fi shows, where they kind of show a utopia where things are just kind of normal and just sort of well, hmm. not normal. That's not not a good way of saying it. Things well, are, a time when time when things are more integrated. Uh, yeah, every, uh, yeah, integrated. Yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. So you know, with, we don't we don't have straight, the, transgender the or stigmas or the segregation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. None of those stigmas anymore. So it's just kind of. Yeah, so yeah, bit bit more nonchalant. That's the word I was thinking for, of. Hmm. For for perspective, um, so the game takes place 600 years after um, the original Mass Effect series, but for that 600 years, the characters were on these ships and they were in, uh, in cryostasis. Um, so um, essentially, the evolution of, of human society is roughly the same as when they would have left. Mm-hmm. Which would have been around twenty one eighty three, um, just for perspective. It feels like a long time away, but then you think about how long it's taken for other things. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then again, you know, with the way things change these days, who knows? We might go uh, backwards two hundred years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. Nuclear fallout, yeah. world war. Yeah. Um, so was, I guess so he, you can get. Um, no, no, you go. <laughs> okay, I was just gonna. So, um, I I have to say that when I was playing and I bumped into this, and mm-hmm. Hanley said that people just knew her as Stefan. Mm-hmm. I literally, my reaction was first I looked at the character's name and I was like Hanley. Maybe that's a last name. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the character and I was like, I think that's a woman. And it was. This is not to say that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. It was just that's how insignificant it seemed mm. when they said it. Was that like it, it did not seem like you didn't think that as soon as you met her, right? They they when when she said this, it did not hit me. It was not conveyed in a impactful way. Yeah. So, and that's not to say that a character necessarily would need it to be impactful. Mm. Um, and so, like you were kind of saying, you know, I, I think in a futuristic setting, hopefully it would be kind of just a not a, a big deal. Mm. Um, and in a way, I kind of uh, I think that's OK. Um, as a, I was talking about earlier, like it doesn't make a big deal out of characters being really anything. I mean, you bump into aliens and they're obviously aliens from the get go. I was going to say, is this, is this an actual human? This is a human. It is human. Oh, okay. So it's not alien green blob or like fish nope, looking nope. person or that, you know, and it's sort of like, or alien that's completely alien gender or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have like, I think one of the alien races that I've met has some kind of weird reproductive, something i, I don't know what yeah, the sorry famously um yeah. are all female and they reproduce yeah exactly i think that i found another race that has that sort of thing going on yeah um, a species um but they like characters that are gay like that's not a new thing for mass effect yeah. and they don't make a big deal out of it at all yeah um yeah. they they just toss it out there it's like you could hit on them and they just be like Sorry, not interested. And then your character is just like, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, like that. it's just no big deal. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, in a way, it's almost kind of consistent with how they try to portray things, anyways. Yeah. Um, that's what I, makes sense to me. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I don't know that there was necessarily anything wrong with it. The only thing that I found particularly strange about it was kind of the way it was pitched as part of this. I was bored with my job, so I got a new job. I left the galaxy and I changed genders. And I was kind of like, that's kind of a weird sort of to to say those things in proximity seemed a little bit weird to me. You know, like even if it was. Well, there's pressure to be- nowadays, isn't there, that games and films and things have to be all inclusive. So they, they make all inclusive and add these bits in, but they kind of are sort of just shoehorned in places, not given a lot of thought isn't it so yeah it does, so, does come across as that sometimes doesn't it like a potentially yeah yeah i mean not every character is going to be get get fleshed out well but uh it does seem like they're trying to do right by people you know that's and, good and yeah if if people feel that you know that it's not appropriate for the character or whatever and that's what bioware want the kind of you know Bioware is free to listen to whatever feedback it thinks is appropriate because sometimes your character doesn't come off the way you want them to. So, you know, if if they want to change their character, then by all means, you know, that, mm. good for them for engaging with their community, you know? Yeah, that that is good, yeah. In a constructive way. Mm. Mm. And hopefully um, with this uh, change, they can find uh, an equilibrium that is not only... Um, as inclusive as they'd hoped, but also more comfortable for those that are involved. Yeah, and I, I just to be clear, I think probably some of the pushback on this was probably that it felt alien to people that are transgender that played this game, which it wouldn't surprise me if the, there was an abnormal number of people that are uh, queer, gay, transgender, whatever, that play this game um, just because of this sort of liberal storytelling in, in Bioware games, it's always been kind of, well, I mean, for the past several games, they've been generally more inclusive. Um, but I, I think maybe to some people, it's the kind of, it's going to be a weird comparison. And I, I don't, it's just the only thing that I can come up with. It's like back in the day, you'd watch a movie and people would just shoot guns like crazy. But now people just randomly shooting guns just sets off a bell in your head. And in some way, I I think it's kind of like probably like that, except obviously to a a greater extreme, because we're talking about people who have had personal experiences. And to them, it does not feel right. You know, Hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Anything else on that topic before we move on to another Mine. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're doing well with these. Um, what, was yeah, right. it, what was the names? Hanley and before that was Stefan. I believe it was Stefan, yeah. Stefan. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to sound probably ignorant and stupid here, but I, if you said those names to me, I wouldn't immediately know <laughs> what gender. Was. I've never heard the word Hanley, but Stefan is certainly a masculine name. Right. Well, actually, and I'm not going to lie, part of me was like, well, you know, it's the future. Maybe, you well, know, Stefan is also a girl's name in the future. I don't know. <laughs> oh, am I thinking of Chefon? I'm, I'm sure there's something female. Stefan is like Stephen. Yeah. Yes. But isn't there, is there Chefon for females? Don't know something fun. I honestly could not tell you. I'm know. not big on names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, moving on from that to something that's a little bit easier for people to um less controversial yeah a little little less of a hot button item i think we're going to talk about the uh xbox scorpio oh that's not (laughs) a conversation (laughs) right 
this so is anyways, the hot blooded podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Xbox so, Pro. <laughs> uh, last week, uh, Eurogamer and oh my god, what what's their name? Uh, Digital, Digital Foundry. Foundry. Thank you. Um, so they uh, sat down with Microsoft and an Xbox Scorpio and checked it all out, and we basically got the specs for Scorpio. Oh, did they dribble um, over it then? <laughs> they probably did. Well, they aren't <laughs> tech geeks in the most uh, overt way, so... I mean, I've done that over, like, a simple PC, so... <laughs> okay, so... I'm gonna try and cut through it just a little bit. Um, so, the CPU is uh, 8 custom uh, x86 cores at 2.3 gigahertz. Uh, the GPU has 40 customized compute units at uh, 1172 megahertz. Um, for memory, you've got 12 gigs of GDDR5. Uh, the memory bandwidth is 326 gig- gigs per second. Uh, hard drive, you're going to get a 1 terabyte. And the optical drive is a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. Um, so in a lot of ways, you're seeing some big improvements even over the PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, maybe a little less so, like for instance, the PS4 Pro has, uh, eight Jaguar cores at, uh, 2.1 gigahertz. So probably was, not. Um, um, what was the clock speed on the, uh, Scorpio? Uh, 2.3. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Not much in the CPU then. Right. Uh, and I'm not sure necessarily how the, I assume the Jaguars are, the Jaguars are not an x86, are they? Yes, yeah. yeah, they're all like x86 these days. Well, yeah. that's that's what I thought, but I was like, the Jaguar cores, wasn't that something about, like, in, in phone? Anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> it um, always reminds me of the names for the 360s, various different models, like Casper. Uh, yeah, right. But yeah. we have to try and forget about those. The <laughs> Jaguar is um, just what they're using now. Yeah. Um, so, so that's not necessarily a huge difference, but then you look at the memory, it's got 50% more memory. Um, the memory bandwidth is about 50% higher. Um, it's got that 4K Blu-ray, which eh, I, I'm sure some people will love. But Xbox One S has got that, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's got a... Yes. Yes, you're right. It's I mean, I don't know if it's the same drive, but it definitely right. can play 4K it's, Blu-ray. It's 4K UHD, yeah. It's, mm. Yep, yep. It's, it's, um, um, I, I'm just going to be really um, sad here, but is it... Uh, one of those slidey loading ones, or uh... <laughs> we don't know yet. We no, haven't no, seen yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine it will come out at E3, but we don't okay. know yet. I'm all about the storage. It's one terabyte, which yeah, I suppose is good for a launch one. But we've had variations on Xbox One up to two terabyte, haven't we? With like yeah, which says that they will definitely do that. I mean, you know, are they not getting to the stage of, like, two or four terabyte standard now, you know? I mean, you you can buy Western Digital and, and Seagate and stuff, external drives yeah. that are four and six terabytes for sort of reasonable amount of money, can't you? And you'd imagine someone like Sony or Microsoft who would buy quite a lot would get them for a, a decent bulk cost, mm. wouldn't you? you know, this is just... true, but uh, as far as I know, we're coming off the tail end of a quite... Um... Like something of a drought with uh, hardware. I think there was an issue with um, production, like a, a disaster oh, with production. Yeah, was... um, but that aside, something, yeah. don't focus too much on that because it doesn't affect the performance at all. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, they definitely would get a discount, but it's one of those things that that discount could be the difference between 
this machine um, being profitable and not being profitable, you know? So, yeah. like, if you jumped okay. up in size... Okay, in that case, as long it, as it's easily swappable, and I mean, go back to the days like the 360 where you just opened it, popped out the hard drive, and just pop in another one, boom, you know? None of this... Oh, you need to get another bracket and get all that and put but it. But realistically, at this price about. point, that doesn't matter at all for the selling pitch. Uh, it's I don't know. all I'm, about I'm, the raw I, performance. Storage here, is important to me. Yeah, I like I'm it just yeah, there and easy. And not Xbox has always had the option of um, plug-in storage, so it's really not um, a factor in whether someone's going to pay six hundred pounds for a new console. That's but then true. you think, but then you think that's an added cost. You then got to buy that external drive, plug it in. It's going to need <laughs> maybe its own power. You know, yeah, but I don't know space. <laughs> with, you're not, you're not you looking. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you know, if you can swap out the internal hard drive, then that's also going to be a cost or whatever. You know, so it's like, I think a one terabyte is kind of a minimum minimum, but it, yeah. it's not a bad. It's not a bad minimum. It's not terrible. It's still going to be decent. I mean, I'd, I got well, by. You say that, um, but then I mean, have you seen the size of some of the games, especially on the well, Xbox? I mean, Those ones are gigantic. I've, I've got a two terabyte drive in my PS4, so there you go, right? Yes, <laughs> I mean, my I, Xbox but, One is twenty percent used. I am, I am, a, I am definitely a power user. You know, like I, I bought, I think, one game last week, and I might be buying three this week. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't but, know if that necessarily like a one terabyte. Versus got, my two terabyte does not sound bad. Yeah, but you've got your games, you've got your patches, you've got your DLCs, you've got your added content. You know, it it goes quickly. And you've got your apps as well. I think, I think we need to move on from this. Oh, please, yeah. please, Cameron. It is by far the most minimal part of this. Thing to the <laughs> it's, it's the bit I obsess over anyway. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I it's understand. like debating about colours of the, the box. Like, it's really I, yeah, right. I'm not that bad. <laughs> As long well, as they do black, damn it, don't just do white, please. Well, yeah, <laughs> do the black. PS4 comes in in like white and black, but the Xbox One you can get it in green, so definitely buy an Xbox One. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, do you, does this appeal to you? Uh, just for uh, reference, uh, Digital Foundry was saying that they are estimating this box would retail for five hundred dollars. They do not know or the more. price point. Um, <sighs> did they say or more? I mean, it's possible, you know. No. Well, I mean, that's that's what they're saying. Their their estimate is five hundred dollars. Mm. So, you know, they could be they could definitely be wrong about that. This is just based on their best guess. I think realistically, it's five hundred plus or minus a hundred is probably the best uh, way to view if, it right now. Yeah, if you, I mean, you're almost certainly going to capture the um, the price point somewhere in that range. Mm. Um, so but it was like when everyone was speculating on the switch price. It's kind of pointless uh it, all you have to keep in mind is that it could potentially cost a lot and it's definitely going to cost more than the ps4 pro mm. yep but at that, that one, point that the... one didn't make it onto my christmas list so not yet anyway and i'm probably not gonna be the scorpion either i mean what what is the sort of end game here i mean i thought it's all right if your console blows up or you haven't gotten one yet no i wouldn't get, suggest get if, you, if it did you would just get a slim well i think i mean realistically we're seeing the phone system being put into effect here. You know, that's exactly what's happening now is what we feared would happen eventually is, is now actually happening. Like we, we can pretend, uh, is this a console generation? There's not a console generation. Well, this one said this, this one said that, but this 
I think is pretty definitively saying that screw generations. Mm-hmm. It's just going to go to this model now because realistically, the people that are going to be buying this box are probably, I would say, of the people likely to buy this box, the most likely are going to be people that bought a PS4 and not an Xbox One. And then in a few years, they'll skip a step in the PS4 and get, you know, the next PlayStation device or whatever. You know, it's like. I think we're already starting to see that happen. It may take a little bit longer, I think, than cell phones. Mm. But oh, that's that's I, that's exactly what I was going to compare it to. It's like it's like my iPhone. You know, I had yeah. I had the three G, and then I think I got the five ordinary five, not the S. And now I've got an, uh, a six S plus. Forget it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you can see, I tend to jump by quite a bit because i drag it out as long as possible until literally the the software is just the hardware is just too old for the latest software so you can't update the the operating system so then the games don't run the apps don't run and they say you need to upgrade you need to upgrade your phone so Mm -hmm. that's my worry it's going to happen with with playstation and xbox it's going to get to the stage where well yeah we know we said it was backwards compatible but actually you know you have to have this level of firmware for the game to run and that Mm -hmm. level of firmware won't go on the the older style consoles you know and you're going to get that sort of yeah it and it's it's not going to be as clear cut as oh okay it's very simply you've got to had a playstation 3 and bought playstation 4 I and think... playstation 5 but it's going to be now sort of oh, okay i've got the, the playstation in the year 2017 and that one doesn't work anymore now i need the the 2019 playstation or something yeah, you know i, think, I <laughs> think you have a little less to worry about in that regard um i, I mean inevitably i think something like that is going to probably happen but it it Microsoft has put a lot of in, into having backwards compatibility for Xbox 360 games. And if you now you have it being much easier going forward and that they're built on the same PC architecture, you know, so mm. these are going to be iterative upon themselves. That's um, true. And I don't think you're going to see as much variation as you do in a, the cell phone market and B realistically, these devices are one trick ponies. They're not cell phones that do a million things and and really, you know, Apple is just responsible for the software on the device. Like realistically, Xbox wants you to be able to play your old games. You know, they're they're going to be way more incentivized to make sure that your older games can be played. Well, on Apple and the App Store and the games they sell on there, I'm sure they're getting a part of it. It it seems a very similar ecosystem that they're moving towards. Well, maybe it, it kind of depends. Like, I think, you know, Steam would be a lot closer to the um, I, the Apple Store or whatever and the Google Play Marketplace. Realistically, that's maybe a Google closer. And, and that you've got just mind-boggling amounts of stuff coming out. Um, but that's not really what's happening on the Xbox. The stuff that's coming out on the Xbox is designed to run on an xbox yeah, well, so, so, so on, so, i mean yeah the the google and and the chrome because there's so many variation in the android um hardware mm-hmm. line but the apple it's just apple's devices just like it's just microsoft's xboxes it's just sony's playstation so that the, the, they're very similar in that they've got the complete loop closed system of, of the hardware and they control and well, i think i mean and so i i mean i'm not i'm not entirely sure how it works with backwards compatibility on iphone Mm. But like 
usually it's not a huge issue. Well, you you, you download the app from the app store and it says you know, iOS it's 7 or later or 8 or later. And then if your phone can get to that level of iOS, you know, if you've got a 4S, I don't think that can go beyond, was it yeah, iOS but, 8 or 9? But you're always going to hit a point where somebody wants to do something new. You know, it's like mm. at some point you're going to update your web browser. You know, it's like you're just going to update yeah. it. So, I mean, what, so what are developers going to do? Are they going to take the time to... When they make games like, oh yeah, this was really good on Project Scorpio. Um, but I think if you're going to go back and go, how does it, how well does it run on Xbox One? Uh, not good, but then mind, we don't care, you know. <laughs> and realistically, I think developers are going to be way more incentivized to keep up with that stuff too. You know, I mean, as long, yeah. un- unlike the iPhone, I don't think this is ever going to be at a point where it's like, oh, there's a new one this year, and there's one next year, and there's one the year mm. after. It's probably going to be two, three, maybe four years. Yeah, between, I guess. You know, it, but I it's would kind say of two years would be my guess. For me, it's kind of it's a bit like breaking the actual fundamental rule of consoles because you know PCs, PC players can build their own rig, get a special custom one, whatever, and that they're all different. Not a single, well, more than most of them aren't anywhere near like of each other. But the whole point of a console was that, here we go, this is it, this is standard, this is set, this is exactly the same in all the homes and everything, right? You can develop for this platform, it's it's consistent. And now, sure. now within a generation, there's going to be different versions, you know? It, it kind of lacks that consistency. That, that was the kind of point well, of the console, I, wasn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, I think, I think others have pointed this out too. That's not really a new thing. Like, I mean, realistically, Nintendo's been doing that with handheld consoles for forever. Well, that's true. You yeah, know. the Game Boy. Um, yeah. So, and... and whatever it's called now. Um, 3DS, DS. DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I mean, even though this is, it's not been significant, you know, even like uh, Xbox, the Xbox 360, there were two different versions. One had HDMI, which is a huge thing, you know, <laughs> realistically. But, you know, people didn't make Oh, that'll uh, never catch on. Yeah, but... Yeah, I know, yeah, I know right? Um, yeah, but they but didn't... It, yeah, I suppose, it, yeah, it had a different output, but it didn't mean that, you know, you bought games and they wouldn't work out of the com- composite uh, component. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the old ones kind of thing. But, you know, is I'm just worried that's what could could occur in the future but um i think i think we're just gonna have to kind of wait and see how that works out and you know but i mean nintendo's a good example because that drives me mad i I mean i got i got a 3ds and i try to plug in the mains adapter for it and it's it's actually different from from a ds it's like a millimeter shorter like oh that stuff is unacceptable (laughs) i mean like it seems they just did it on purpose just to make that a little millimeter shorter just so i had to buy another 15 quid Power adapter it's again. It's a completely like, different generation. <laughs> well, the, it worked on all the others. Yeah. Literally, all the yeah. others. The SPs, the advances, the the all the way. You know, the I DS. Think, all the variations of that one. I think we've reached a point where all of that stuff is is much less likely to happen. It's like, like the HDMI. Realistically, is like that's not going to change. Really, you know. I mean, oh, HDMI I don't know. is. I don't know what's around the corner at this rate. Well, yeah, no, certainly. <laughs> But but I think we've kind of hit a point where it's like HDMI is the standard. So until something clearly beats that standard, we're not going to see a dramatic change in that regard. No, not the, not until we get what eight K or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've already got USB Type C coming to use up the HDMI on laptops, but it's it's kind of yeah. not 
relevant to the point of the Scorpio, which I think we should talk about. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be as fractured as... I mean, right now, they're, like I said, PC ar- architecture. If they can manage to create games for both a PS3 and a 360, then developers can easily go scale up and down within a, you know, actually similar structure. You know, that's mm-hmm. got to be like child's play comparatively. Mm. For the most part, it's been... So the thing about Scorpio is that uh, it's everything in it is like old Xbox One, but better. So they've increased basically all of their components um, quality. So it will... The thing with PS4 is that with the PS4 Pro, um, nothing automatically ran better. Um, so you had to wait for patches for games to run better. And then eventually they released a boost mode just, I think, like a couple of weeks ago. It feels like a couple of weeks ago. And um, now you can have things run better in like a uh, at-your-risk environment. Um, yeah, but n- none the... of us have got that to try it, have we? How, we don't know how well that's actually working in practice. But with the uh, Scorpio, um, it's designed for that. And what they were boasting about is that they've tested it on a lot of the existing games and mm-hmm. made optimized it personally to work with these old games. And going forward, obviously, things will be built for it. So everything will be optimized for it. Well, not everything, but a lot of the leading names will be optimized for it um, at launch. So yeah. then My... things will run better generally. And that's the enhancement of the Scorpio, even on old technology. Yeah, my feeling is that I don't think you have anything to worry about until Phil Spencer is gone. As long as Phil Spencer is there, I think you're good. You don't have to worry. <laughs> like, I the guy is I just pretty much done everything he can to do right by his customer base. You know, cool. he just over and over and over. So I think for now, regardless, you're going to be fine. Once okay. he's replaced, then you might have to worry. Okay. But for now, I think you're good. We, we we can't we can't end this one without a little mention of so what what do we think the actual physical dimensions are going to be? Bearing in mind what the Xbox One was, and this is like fifty percent better. So does that mean it's going to be fifty percent fatter, taller, wider? Well, I mean, it would have <laughs> to it'd probably be fifty percent. It's more like two hundred percent better. But. Yeah, two hundred percent. Okay, so it's going to be two hundred percent larger. <laughs> No, I think they said something a little bit more in line with the um, Slim. Well, so so uh, Phil Spencer was, I believe, specifically asked if the Scorpio would be sort of more in in relation related to the Slim design and the way that the PS4 Pro was kind of related to the PS4 Slim design. So. I think that's as close as you can get to getting yeah. an idea of what they're going to do. He said yes. So it'll probably be in a similar fashion, but obviously the scale we, we don't necessarily know because the, the PS4 Pro, I think, is you know obviously larger. Yeah. What? So real quick. Double decker, isn't it? $500, are you interested? Uh, no, no chance. not yet. Nope. <laughs> okay. It's not for me. It's It's a premium a model. Premium to make the best of this generation and it's it's like 50 percent more teraflops than the ps4 and like i said like 200 percent more than the original models of either console so the raw power here is for 
um, I can't find the right word. Like, not hardcore, but aficionados, I suppose. That's not yeah. what I was looking for. But I mean, real, yeah, real I haven't got the 4K the TV for it yet, so... Well, yeah. another thing that makes the Scorpio different from the Pro is that they've they've made it like a system-wide rule that enhancements will be seen on 1080p because they will have super sampling, whereas yeah. PS4 Pro basically doesn't have that at all. Um, some games have 60 on um, 1080 instead of 30, but generally speaking, you don't get a PS4 Pro experience on a 1080p. Do you know what? Yeah. I've got a good question. So, say you're playing online, and it's like Call of Man, Duty... Man, that was a dumb question. No. <laughs> Call, <laughs> Call of Duty Infinite Warfare 3.5 or whatever we're on by, by then, and... There's there's some people playing on Project Scorpios or whatever they end up calling them, and then you've got some people playing on ordinary Xbox Ones. With the added power, does that mean that they they've got better reactions on the gaming and can dominate the other players? As long as the frame rate is the same, the playing field is equal. Yeah. So, and I I think especially for Call of Duty, I think that uh, Activision would definitely be keen on locking the frame rate specifically for that purpose. Mm. Um, I feel like I've I've heard somewhere somebody doing that before. Like, this is you know, there's going to be this bump, but we're going to control this because we want everybody to have the same playing experience. Mm. So good, good. All right. So moving on from talking about Xbox, which you know we usually try and pretend that it's in relation to PlayStation. It, it so is completely relevant. Kind of, it's the future of the industry. Yeah, in that regard, it kind of is, even though we uh, didn't really talk much about PlayStation. Um, do, do we think Sony will um, give out details of another PlayStation after F- Scorpio? I think they probably will. My, my bet is that not until next year. Would yeah, they even E3 next year? Doing Maybe. PlayStation 4 Pro 2. <laughs> the Pro is still expensive, so they can't afford to shoot it down already. I, I think more likely would maybe be a, a PSX um, that year. But it could just would be, be a like a new time frame. I don't know if that's necessarily the event you want to do it, but it would be. It doesn't have to I be think. a whole brand new. One. It could just be like a new skew where they've like improved the, the you know, the, the power management or usage or whatever like they normally do. Maybe take off a couple of ports and, and lower the price a bit. You know what they usually do. You know, and yeah. <laughs> maybe take it down from a double decade sort of design to a yeah. Do they, or something. do they do the PS4 Pro Slim? Yeah, PS4 Pro <laughs> Slim. There you go. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I guess no, that maybe me. maybe with the Scorpio and everything, they might think, ah, do you know what? We really should just give in and, and put a bloody four a 4K Blu-ray player that in it. There you go. Close to make up the gap. <laughs> no, and I, I think that's the thing is like, I think they try to undercut the system by like 50 bucks and they just sit there and try and do what they can with that. That's, yeah. that's I think about as much as you're going to end up getting out of it. There yeah. might be, there might be revisions, but you're not seeing an actual new, you're going to see a, you know, elite no, who knows, who knows? It's a possibility, isn't it? It's not impossible. It's right. Yeah. Always, always in motion. The future is, um, all right, so moving on to uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, according to Naughty Dog, initial pitches for Uncharted Lost Legacy were uh, as much as 10 hours long. Oh, uh, no. Be- not long games again. You know what I said last week? 10 hours long games. Games. 10 hours isn't long. long. <laughs> it, yeah, is when um, I, it is when I get to play for like an hour a week. <laughs> if he's lucky, yeah. Um, but so... 10 hours long, uh, because Naughty Dog did not want to restrain themselves. Um, apparently, 
when they were discussing uh, previous story-based DLC for the Uncharted series, in a lot of instances, they ended up not doing it because uh, they would have had to cut too much or what have you. It wouldn't yeah. have been what they wanted to do. So, so I mean, th- this is still DLC, isn't it? It's not actually... Well, like, it's it's stand- is it standalone disc? Mm. Ah, right. Oh, okay, that's a bit different then. Yeah, but it, it makes me kind of... I'm kind of interested because it's like I think a lot of people have it as a standalone DLC in their head. And yeah. in this instance, if it really is a 10-hour game, that's an Uncharted game. That's not a, a DLC of any kind. You know, that's like if... Um, well, no, that's not even a good spin-off, example. Isn't it? <laughs> um, it, it is. It's a, it's a proper spin-off full title. But would they be able to get away with actually charging sixty dollars for that because no, people's not. perception of it? You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. So, forty, maybe. Yeah, they might go with a forty. Um, who knows? But anyways, so it could end up being ten hours long. We obviously don't know because they haven't actually said anything for certain. Um, but if initial pitches started out that way, it could still be a long game, regardless. Is that 10 hours, like, sort of going through it at a brisk pace or going through it, like, really slowly or well, <laughs> speed running it or, or my pace, which, yeah. It was so just an like, estimate. 30 it's, hours it's, long. <laughs> it's, it's 10 hours at a crushing pace. <laughs> which way did I mean that, huh? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad Uncharted joke. Uh, so, moving on. Overwatch, Insurrection, uh... Sorry, Overwatch has a new event called Insurrection, which has leaked, um, and I believe it might be starting today. I might be mistaken. Um, and basically, it's a co-op event. Uh, it is supposed to be about the King's Row, sorry, the King's Cross Massacre, if I'm remembering correctly. It was okay. a major event, and it's going to be a co-op-based uh match instead of oh, uh, co-op. great ad- <gasps> co-op ad- my magic words yeah right um there's going to be new skins um it's going to focus apparently on um according to the leak is going to focus on uh tracer's first like official day as part of overwatch so it's actually a sort of flashback to several years prior mm. um and then yeah so i don't know what necessarily it will actually be. Um, I think the rumors were something about uh, the Omnic uprising, so maybe you'd be shooting down some uh, robots. Hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Persona 5, uh, The just a kind of a PSA, Persona 5 DLC has been releasing regularly since the game came out, um, mm-hmm. and will continue to do so. And they, it's kind of more in the vein of, I guess, Witcher 3. and A bunch of stuff is being released for free. There are some bits that are paid, but most importantly for those that are interested, the Japanese voices for Persona 5 are downloadable. I can give quick highlights of this. Um, Go for it. We, it's basically weekly releases started from last week, so we're on week two now. Free uh, mm. things including uh, the voices, like you said, a new difficulty, scale cards and healing item sets. And to that I would add um, if you're just starting out, get the he- the free healing item set. There's an item in there that's worth 50,000, which is a hell of a lot as a starting what? player. If you get that, sell it. You genuinely don't need it. Just sell it for money. And that will like give you such a leg up to start with. Um, another thing that's free this week is um, the first set of free clothes. 
Um, it's like uh, four ca- uh, four costumes for each character, which you can use when dungeon crawling, um, plus a fifth one for the hero. Um, but now we've got paid costumes as well, uh, like from Persona 3 outfits, Persona 4 outfits, uh, Catherine outfits. Um, the next free stuff to look forward to is all the way in on April 25th, um, and then again on June 6th and July 11th. So it's kind of spread out towards the tail end. Um, but for right now you've got quite a few free things you can get and then wait a few weeks for the rest. Yay, free stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Elder Scrolls Online is going free to play this week. Just for the week. This is more of like a free demo thing. Uh, it starts today on the 11th uh, and runs until the 18th, if I'm not mistaken. If you are interested in participating, the instructions were to download the game after 7 a.m. Pacific. So it is currently after that time. Now, if you already have it downloaded, I'm not sure if you need to delete it and re-download it. I don't know what's going on with that. But they said specifically, download it after that particular point. So if it's not working for you, try maybe doing that and see if that works. Uh, It's going to give you the... Full Elder Scrolls Online Tamriel Unlimited base game plus 500 crowns um, and any progress that you make during the free trial, you will be able to carry over if you uh, buy the game, which is um, discounted at the moment. Hmm. And finally, this one kind of sucks, but uh, GameStop has had an issue with its online service that... uh, there may have been uh, credit cards compromised. Uh, they had somebody saying, hey, uh, so your credit card information is up online and being sold and whatever. And so GameStop is recommending keep an eye on your bank statements. Uh, kind of sad that they didn't even notice the breach. Well, I mean, how often do people really notice? Mm. Actually, I don't know. what it, This is an unusual breach, actually, because... It's not like the normal things where their servers have been raided so much as all of the data in the transaction is revealed, including the security number on the back and oh, wow. everything. Like in this, um, it's a particularly dire situation in that basically everything is... Uh, so so what way around was it? Was it someone hacking in and, and stealing that information? Or is it a dodgy employee that's extracted it all and, and taken it away and sold it? That's what I want to know. I think well, it's unclear I mean, at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, to get Either that much way, information, to... to get that information, I mean, that sounds like it could lean a little bit towards the latter. But my God, would you have to be stupid to, to do that? Because you know that they're going to be checking like, okay, well, it's these dates. So how does that fit with uh, employees that left recently? It's going to be the first people that they look at, you know? Mm. So. Damn, I Anyways, think I bought from them. Did it say if it was like the UK, US, or... I don't know that it said specifically. It just said uh, it's GameStop online. Uh, so it says GameStop.com. .com. I might be so, alright then, because I think I used .co.uk and possibly .ie a long, long, well, long time ago. in this scenario, because it's so severe, um, I might be okay is something you want to work out for. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I mean, I'm still going to double-check it, but I'm yeah. saying... But the thing is that the power of banks is that if you see a fraudulent credit card transaction and you call it in immediately, 
they will be able to refund it for you. So, yeah. oh, my bank's pretty good, you know. I mean, I can't even use it myself. They call me up and go, "Can you can you just confirm these things?" Like, yes, yes, that was me. Yeah, I've shopped it every week for God knows how long. You know, this is where I get my groceries from. For goodness sake, and they still kind of mm, look <laughs> look suspicious. I'm like, what? You know, they were looking through the cameras, and a really shady guy was uh, making the transaction. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, if if you've bought things at GameStop in the uh, recent past, I would uh, make sure to keep an eye on your bank statement. All right, so um, we are going to skip over the topic of the week because, my God, we had enough of the topic of the week in the news, I think. (laughs) Um, Topical. Yeah, it was a very topical news week. So uh, we're going to move on to popular trophies. And I don't have my little sound effects, so... (laughs) Oh, that's what I was listening for. I was waiting for it. <laughs> no, so uh, we're, the software we're using, we we had a minor emergency with it, and we're using a backup version, and it does not have the sound in it. So. Okay, right. Uh, what have we got here? Someone's graffitied all over my notes here. Because <laughs> you were <laughs> my right. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Top of the trophy pops uh, for the 11th of April, 2017. It's, uh, it's a more varied chart this week. We've got three new entries. While the effect on Andromeda, due to its mass, has fallen off the list. Poor mass effect. The jokes, they just keep coming. <laughs> yeah. um, right, yes, so we've got uh, we've got four in the chart. At uh, number four, so a new entry, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Sounds painful. At, at spot 17, um, very nice trophy name, Romantic Getaway. Sounds good, which I think is for finishing the tutorial. 195 wins. Well, that's a good, good entry, good showing. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got number three, still holding there for the third week in a row on the horizon. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn at spot 16. Uh, still, I think the same trophy, which I'm pretty sure is the secret one for completing the game. Um, down to 196 wins, but still about a good 27 other trophies out of the 50 chart so it's it's still still big um still popular so mm. it's, it's good to see consecutive three weeks going people are obviously playing it and, and talking about it and other people are coming in and getting it you yeah. know it's not just a one big huge hit hit and go in in a week like uh <clears throat> mass effect or maybe <laughs> maybe even it's still getting uh some decent sales you know yeah maybe, yeah maybe uh decent. word of mouth is getting around Exactly. It's it's I'm it's it's starting to nag at me a little bit. <laughs> no, don't need another one. Don't need another one. Uh, and then at number two, that's our second new entry. Uh, we've got Drawn to Death at spot eight. Um, uh, free with PS Plus right now. Ah, good. Right, sorry, I forgot to put that on there. Good. Um, it launched with PS Plus as well, so that explains. The yes. Heavy ah, pick. Okay. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so that's uh, God, it's got a very long trophy title. Then I'll just hide in a stall and watch videos till class ends, which again I think is for like completing the tutorial on the first first level or something. Mm-hmm. Five hundred and forty-three wins, plus okay. uh, four other trophies in the um, in the top listing there. Actually, pretty good, all things considered, because I uh, I haven't heard a whole bunch of particularly good things about it. So, oh really? <laughs> oh, do, do go on. Uh, no, I mean, 
this is this is just tangential. I mean, when it launched, obviously, it had all sorts of server problems, which was probably because so many people were playing it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, apparently the game just is kind of uh, a mess. It's got some weird glitchiness. It's terribly unbalanced. The um, sort of crass humor is maybe not landing for everybody, though obviously the nature of crass humor is that it generally doesn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, so hmm, maybe not all of that can be fixed with a patch then. But hey, if you're enjoying it, good for you. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's free. Which leaves us at spot at the top of the chart, spot number one. We should have a drum roll. <laughs> Anyone's guess there. Persona 5 at spot one. I am thou. 952 wins plus 15 other trophies in the chart. So not quite as many as Horizon, but a good good start. For obviously, um, the game it's of the because moment. it's so difficult to get trophies in the game. <laughs> oh, okay. It really drags it out, does it? It's it's like a more than a hundred hour game, so it's spread out oh my like, God. like nothing you've seen. <laughs> hundred hour game. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> so yes, there there we go. Which um, the ones we had to say goodbye from last week were Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Uh, MLB The Show 17, and The Walking Dead, A New Frontier. Will any of them make a dramatic return? Probably not. What do you think about Andromeda? No? It's been and gone? Probably. I mean, I'm finding very little reason to get back to it myself, so... And even if they do fix it, it will be slower. Yeah. Um... I, I think all of the easy trophies probably have been got by all the people that intend to play it. Um, mm. I think, I mean, realistically, because coming out today, you've got um, Sexy Brutal, uh, Cosmic Star Heroine, and Ukulele. So I, I think I think any of those could certainly end up on there. And obviously, Ukulele, I think, has to make it onto the chart at the very least. Mm. Uh, how well it'll do... We'll see, because, I mean, the uh, reviews have been kind of all over the place for it. So um, that might affect the, the sales in, in a negative way, considering how hot people, I think, were for that game. But it'll definitely chart. <laughs> mm. Nice. We'll wait and see next week. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on from that, um, I think we should jump into maybe the game highlights real quick. Mm-hmm. Um so we've been playing a little bit of Persona 5. Prince has obviously played, obviously played way more than <laughs> I have. I played like 45 minutes an hour, I think. Um, and so far, I'm enjoying it. Um, I haven't really gotten around too much to fighting or anything. Um, but the, the style is just so much fun. And even if the storytelling is a little odd at times, it's mm. still uh, still enjoyable. So. Uh, well, tell us about Persona Five. You're the you're kind of the sage, so I wouldn't know where to begin. Do you have any? Hours. Like, do you want to ask me a question or? Um. um okay, so you're liking it, right? Yeah, a lot. Um. I, so, what what do you think it does? Uh, is it better than four? Yeah. Def- well, to me, yeah. Um. In many, I mean. It's also jumped two generations since four, since I played it on PS2. Well, that's true. That <laughs> the fact that it looks great in uh, 
like upscaled 4k or even i was remote playing it actually i mean it's a bit of like trivia but i was remote playing it um and it looks good even in 540p on a laptop screen that's close to your face um and because it's turn-based battle you can like put up with the lag um of remote play um so that was an interesting experience which i might recommend to anyone who has a um fairly moderate setup they can do that Mm -hmm. um but better than four, I would say it changes a lot. Well, no, it doesn't. It kind of it's got this weird uh, situation of being old it school and yet improving a lot. <laughs> it's it's still strict turn based battle. It's still um, like Personas. dungeon crawling. <laughs> um, it's still like you have to go through the calendar, not really knowing what's ahead, and not really knowing who does what or what's what. And there's still a huge amount of status elements or uh, status elements or um like arcana that you have to think about or not think about um so it's still very complex and confusing but at the same time it's um like it feels smooth and it feels like i don't know like a playing cards blowing in the wind um that didn't make any sense uh, outside my head um, yeah, no, I didn't really get that reference. But. It's it's um, it's it's all style. No, it's not all style. It's it's just bleeding style everywhere. Um, but it's, it's substance as well. Um, yeah, and yeah, it, it, I can I can definitely get behind that. The the what little I have played is so crazy stylish. It's amazing. Even um, the menus are brilliant. Like you're in the menus and oh, you're yeah. going clicking on a sub option, and like you've got the character on screen. He does an animation just between two menu pages. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hideously stylish in, in a um, almost um, comic booky way. Like yeah, it yeah. feels like like pages are sort of like unfolding and things like that when you're um, going through menus and uh, you know the cutscenes are like <laughs> even aside from the actual style of the game are just super flashy like yeah. it goes over the top and it's a lot of fun well it does take a lot from its anime backbone well, not backbone like skin or face i guess but yeah um, there so are much. literally anime cutscenes, but also the nature of things that happens is a lot like an anime caricature um mm. and um oh, one of the things before i forget is that um even though it's still very like old fashioned dungeon crawling it's modernized in a lot of ways and the fact the most obvious one being that the main dungeons now are completely tailored um they used to be random in persona 3 it was basically completely random in 4 they had like themes um which yeah. made it a bit more interesting now in 5 they are completely tailored they're all custom made the map is fixed and designed um but the layouts are all like specific to that dungeon um and as a side to that there's still an not an infinite but you know like a a kind of bottomless style uh dungeon crawl with random layouts that you can do for your side quests mm-hmm. so it maintains the balance of having this um like delving into the unknown whereas also having this tailored story experience and uh, um good map design and so so it seems like, to me, it's Persona 4, mm. and I wouldn't say they fixed all the problems, but they improved on everything that they could 
well, not everything. They improved on a lot of things. Mm. So, like, the dungeons obviously have had a ton of time put into them mm. uh, to bring them up to speed. And I, it, not having played a whole lot, I don't want to say this for myself, but from what I've heard, it seems like there's been thoughtfulness put into just about every single mechanic of the game. Yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Nothing is just done by accident or copy-pasted from something. It's it's stuff from Persona 4 that's been rethought out and put into Persona 5 or created new for Persona 5. It's Yeah, it's more like... Um, it's not like they made a direct sequel in the sort of way like... I don't know, like Infamous 1, Infamous 2, which is not an insult. Right. But they took the skeleton and they repainted it here they um they took the spirit and they rebuilt it um i would say and yeah i guess um i feel like the idea here was that anything they can do they would do like anything they can do to make the game better they did um and they the reason it's still turn-based and the reason it's still hideously complex um and it's because that was an asset for them because the turn-based battle was what made it um, so deep and the level of complexity was what made it so um, like infinite, so engaging and so perpetual. Um, Because ultimately this is a game of two halves and which is kind of thematically relevant because the, the whole story can see is that every character every persona user has two halves they have their normal face and they have their inner persona the other self uh who is what their dungeon self um and so when you're dungeon crawling that's all the action battle mechanics and exploring uh but on the other side you have your student life which is um i almost forgot to to talk about it but the brilliance um of how culturally relevant the game is, how tapped into the pulse it is. It's making references. Not It's not like laden with references, like throwing it in your face, but you explore the city, and aside from it being based on real Japan, um, you're going to the cinema and you're seeing, like, um, you're seeing movies that are parodies of real movies that you know, and they slightly change the name, and they slightly change, like, the central conceit. And then the characters sit in the cinema and listen to dialogue from the film, and it's a parody of a movie that you know. Um, yeah. And uh, it's not like a Captain America moment where you go, I understood that reference. But it's like you actually have an appreciation of um, the sort of connection because you're living in this time. It's like it, right. it is culture, it's pop culture. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and it's not it's, there gratuitously. Even though it's a. Um... Japanese boy in Tokyo or mm. whatever, there's some level of relation to it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish I had a list of the uh, the movies in the game, but... I'm, I'm sure there's one somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if I can find it fast enough, but one that comes oh, to no, mind I'm is... I'm not saying that you should, I'm just <laughs> throwing it out there. One that, well, if you're in the game, you want to experience it, because when you go in the cinema, you hear the characters in the movie talk, but um, there's one called, like, The Cake Night Rises, and there's one called Love, <laughs> Possibly. Um, we obviously have a pun on Love, actually. Right, right. Um, and, like, the descri- they even have descriptions for what the film's about, and that's, like, a parody of... Because when... Um, 
in The Cake Knight Rises, it's like Batman and Joker, like, talking about their feud over cakes, and it's, like, really heated. It's like the interrogation scene, but it's about cakes. And That's it's awesome. really bizarre, but really sorry. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just like... And there are books um, in the game which have a similar... Some of them are informative, um, some of them are uh, humorous, and when you're in class, you're learning things from the teacher, which are real things you're learning. Um, sometimes it's about... Uh, like, sometimes it's about Japanese, sometimes it's about English or global culture, sometimes it's about... His- uh, a lot of times it's about history, uh, which is relevant, like um, Arsène Lupin, um, the famous... Uh, I think French thief, I guess, by the name. Um, But then you've got, like, Goro Akechi. No, not Goro. That's one of the characters. Um, What's his name? Goraemon. He's um, a famous Japanese thief. Mm. And you've got, um, like, Captain Kidd. uh, I think an English pirate. Um, Yes. And all sorts, like, so much stuff. It's, like, it's... they. What they've done is they created a universe set in real Tokyo with all these places like Shibuya and Shinjuku, like places that people might know in Japan, and they've made it have this bizarre underbelly of, like, UFOs and... Um, I'm not going to... I'm careful not to spoil any of the, the locations, but, like, the first one is a castle, like, and it's just juxtaposed with real city streets that you can walk down in the game. When you go around, you like walking in the streets. You're not like going from notches on a ma- on a map or just like items on a menu. You actually walk around the living, breathing city. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I've heard it's a fantastic um, representation of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to checking it out and mm-hmm. seeing if I recognize anything with my admittedly limited. <laughs> experience but just yeah. but the localization just like a couple of landmarks you know mm. the localization is so good that you don't need to be japanese to know it um so, you don't need to play the japanese voice track just play the english voice track and it's um like it's because uh, i'll throw out one that's people wouldn't usually get like i didn't get it the first time but um when at near the start of the game they put you in a station and they say find the ginza line and you're like looking around you're lost and confused and then you eventually find it and then later on i found out that that's actually um in reference to the way that when you're in tokyo like you're gonna get lost on the subway and it's like replicating like in a bizarre way it's not going like oh hey you know how you always get lost in like it's in a in a different way it's replicating and referencing real life and that's what the game is all about like constantly having things that are it's basically like inspired by and written by real life <laughs> that's kind of what the game is yeah about <laughs> can can vouch for getting lost on the uh train station uh, the train system yeah, thankfully only once uh it's actually one it's pretty well that's neither here nor there but uh yeah. i'm looking forward to it so uh, i i definitely have more to play um i'm gonna segue into my game real quick um because i have been playing some of that but today uh sexy brutal came out and i haven't had a chance to play a whole lot of it played about 45 minutes so far um i'm not sure how long the game is going to be probably not much longer than two three hours if i had to guess okay uh so far, I I have enjoyed it. I it hasn't quite reached my expectations, uh, but we'll see how, if it manages to get there. It is so far good, uh, but I will report back with more information next week. Mm, curious um, about that one. 
Yeah. Uh, so just a quick primer. It is essentially um, Clue or Cluedo um, mixed with Groundhog Day. Um, so like you're in this mansion-esque scenario where the um, workers are killing the guests and you have to figure out how to prevent the workers from killing the guests. Um, you know, you have to figure out how they're going to kill them in a sort of, since it's a Groundhog Day kind of thing, it's like, if you notice that, you know, somebody drinks a poison drink, then you need to figure out where that poison drink came from the next time you play through. And then you have to figure out how to prevent that drink from being poisonous or get it out of the way or whatever. Try and, you know, break that chain so the person doesn't die. Mm. And then when you do that, then they find something else. And then you go, oh, God, I got to go. Uh, yeah, right. now. <laughs> uh, so, so far, that, that hasn't quite been what's happened, um, which is, I think, part of my disappointment was that I thought it would be much more complex. Ah, okay. But it it has literally so far been to the point where it's like you find the one solution. And once you implement that one solution, whenever it may be, it just automatically skips to the part where they survive. So, okay. for instance, I just saved somebody by doing something like immediately on my next day. And it took me all of – so the, the day is like 12 hours you have from noon to midnight, uh, for me at least right now. And I ended up saving this person at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but they're not actually – they weren't due to die until 11 p.m.-ish. And so I did the thing that would save them, and then the game just jumped ahead to 11 o'clock mm-hmm. and showed what – happened as a result of what i did rather than letting things play out and maybe i can save somebody else in that meantime or whatever it's kind of a little bit more linear in that regard so we'll we'll see i hope it branches out a little bit but so far it's kind of a um fun little groundhog day kind of adventure game where you have to click on everything and figure out which parts work together to produce the solution Hmm. good Yep, and then uh, what about you, Ace? What do you, what do you got? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what? Sorry, I just want to sleep. Sorry, what? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, very boring. Um, I was still playing Driver San Francisco for the most part, getting that last multiplayer trophy that I needed. Uh, actually, no, two. Yeah. There was one for doing 50 tags, or, and the one for getting level 38, which is almost the highest level. I think it's 40 you can get to. So I finally got those two. So that's good. That's done. That's gone out of my multiplayer to do pile into my single player to do pile. <laughs> right. Um, back to Max Payne three multiplayer now. Um, I've just got the last two in that one to get as well, which you get for getting to levels forty and fifty. I think is the top one. I'm currently at about twenty, so I've got a way to go. Yeah, uh, Max Payne had a uh, intense trophy list yeah um, i've got all the dlcs not, and all that lot and it wasn't too bad but yeah it's it's not like impossible it's just it kind of it takes a, a an exercise of will you know <laughs> you have to really assert yourself on that game to make it do what you want yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean um you can get up through the levels by just playing score attack but it is mind-numbing especially the number of iterations you have to go through um through doing those it's a little it's, it's a little bit easier on the sanity to sort of 
do do some multiplayer sessions with some other gamers because yeah, it's a, there's a bit more interactivity, it's a bit more fun. If you're also quite yeah. good at um, maximizing the um, the um, rewards you get from grinds, so you know, lying down shooting, crouch shooting, uh, up against the wall in cover shooting, getting headshots, getting headshots in the back of their head while they're crouching, while they're aiming, all of these kinds of things. If you can kind of get all of that and, you know, pepper spraying and stuff, they they all help knock off um, bits as well if you get bronze, silver, gold, platinum. So yeah. it's it's worth getting that until you've kind of run out of all those easy ones and then just finish off with score attack or mix and match, whatever. But it depends if you can find others on willing to sort of and boost, but hey, that's what gaming sessions are for, isn't it? So, see if anyone else is still around want to play that one. Yep, it's not yet made it to um, any of the other like HD remasters or uh, or Xbox One backwards compatibility or anything like that, has it? Um, I tell you, another one that did turn like what was that other one that did turn up recently remastered? I think it came out uh... last week. I do not remember. Oh, it's it was from so many games. Yeah, now. it was from Gears of War guy before uh, Bulletstorm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Full clip edition, something, isn't it? Which is a bit ironic, isn't it? Because on PlayStation, those servers are down for the old PlayStation for the original PlayStation Three version. Mm-hmm. So now they've released the new one, full clip. Obviously, the yeah, multiplayer must work on that one. Yeah. Um, but that was released by Gearbox. Gearbox, yeah, yeah. Wasn't the original release? It was an epic game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Cliffy B, Cliffy and, B yeah. um, and I think People Can Fly yeah. helped on that one. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I don't know what happened with that, but it'd be nice weird. if they turn the servers back on for the old one. But yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. Nah. Well, I think those ones yeah. weren't they one of the ones that ran on GameSpy or no? Was it an EA one? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Too long ago at this point. I didn't even play it yeah. to begin with. So. And then after Max Payne, I might actually finally get around to doing the rest of um, Resident Evil 5 that you told me to do. So, Great. Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'll just get this Max Payne one out of the way first. Uh, and I'll let you know how yeah. I get on with that for the next next week's one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's going to be it for us this week. I remembered uh, one more thing I wanted oh. to add about Persona 5. Uh, the reason there are so many different social links is that there are so many interesting characters and you develop the st- your relationship with them as you spend with time with them. Mm. And you don't have enough time to spend time with everyone, but that's what makes New Game Plus so enticing. So you choose who you want to spend time with and then you get to know them and you find out their more meaningful secrets, Yeah, which is something Mass Effect could learn from. Yes, yes. Uh, it doesn't seem like Mass Effect has a whole lot of secrets. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that'll that'll be it for us this week. Um, we're going to skip trivia because I forgot trivia, except I do have a bit of trivia. Uh, turns out Captain William Kidd was actually Scottish. So okay. we don't want we don't want people yelling at us about that. Um, My mistake. Scottish. Uh, <laughs> so until next time, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can follow us at True Trophies. At underscore brand foo, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play. Make sure you rate and subscribe and all that. Uh, post in the comments and say hey and yell at us if we got anything wrong like that. Um, and until next time, uh, we'll see you soon. Have fun. See you around. See ya.